Welcome back to the Noise Canceling Pod. I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. We are very happy to have you guys back here for episode 38. It's been a while since we've had a guest, but, you know, based on feedback from everyone, they like to hear other people more than us. Yeah, that's definitely the case. So Axel, and we got a good one today. We got a great one. Why don't you kick it off, Axel, and tell us who we got. Okay, so we have Tom. He's a school teacher from the Bay Area, and... So he tries to, he combines music and mostly rap with science to teach his students. So he's got a bunch of rap videos. He's got uh, what is this? Science with Tom, a YouTube channel with a bunch of awesome videos on it. That's right. Formerly known as the Rhymbosome. Nice. It was a little too hard to spell. <laughs> Very few people got the joke. So now it's Science with Tom. Hello. So Tom, you're... Your number one video is this fossil rock anthem, and uh, how, so how did you how did you make that, or how did that come about? Just take yourself back to uh, 2010, 2011, back when LMFAO was still musically relevant. I still and, love this uh, song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we got a, yeah, party rock anthem. I was in New Zealand at the time. I was doing a master's in science communication at the University of Otago. And my thesis required both like uh, a creative component, a science communication thing, uh, and an academic component. And so the creative component was actually making this music video um, where I tried to teach kids kind of everything they needed to know about fossils and the history of life on Earth via the Fossil Rock Anthem, which was an animated music video uh, Yeah, that kids have really responded to. I think everyone responds to it. I listened to it. And I was like, man, there's a lot of content in here for, you know, three minutes and 16 seconds. How, how did you get that much actually in there? Because the verses are dense. Yeah, it's true. And it's, what's interesting is I'm not sure I've, my other songs have been a little more targeted at either, you know, my earliest songs were for college students. Um, I've been working more for like middle school. But this one somehow the reason why it has so many views is that it's used in college classrooms and kindergarten classrooms. (laughs) So it it really somehow uh, caught the spread there. And um, I think, how did I get that much density of information? I I really immersed myself in the science. I like found a bunch of books. I went very deep. I read as much as I could. And so when it came time to kind of translate the basic things that I knew like were in the standards, um, I was somehow able to kind of package it all in there. I think the other advantage is that it's as dense as the verses are, there's a lot of space in between. The chorus is pretty simple. Uh, there's dance breaks. Yeah. And so it's a nice combination that allows it to breathe a little bit. It's some, there's something for everybody. Yeah, I listened to it with my, my two-year-old daughter today, and she was digging it. She, li- she liked the instrumentals a lot. I think she even liked it more than the original song. <laughs> yeah, right on. Of life. They've been down there for a really long 
So that was just a little clip from the song. Uh, can you just talk through, not necessarily in terms of the lyrics and the content, but just the, the creative process? Because at least on that song, it sounded like almost everything was created from some people that you were working with. Yeah, totally. That um, it was truly a labor of love. Uh, in that in that that era of my like science rapping career, as we'll call it, um, I was definitely excited about the idea of making everything from scratch. So I had a buddy who was a music producer do like a very poor man's slightly melodic shifted uh, version of the instrumental. Um, and the craziest part to me is for that chorus. I think that was singer number four. I was like so perfectionist <laughs> about how good the chorus <laughs> needed to be. I was in New Zealand. I got this random German New Zealander. I got this random other person. And like everyone could kind of sing, but they weren't, they weren't killing it at the level that I needed. And so I actually was able to get, I've never met the person who sang it because <laughs> it was the, the audio producer got one of his friends from like his acapella group in college to lay it down. And so, yeah, so like the musical part was really pretty fun that was that was actually the first song i ever did where i had that original quote-unquote instrumental where someone made it from scratch typically i was you know i started this 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 game as a basically a ta for college mm -hmm. classes and at that point I, it wasn't about creating music it was about like engaging the students and so i would just do whatever i needed to do to knock it out in a few hours and that usually involved just you know most instrumentals to most songs you can pretty easily find on youtube sure yeah so, so how long have you been rapping or like how did you get into <laughs> rapping uh, that's a great question too so i'm from sacramento california um and went to public schools the whole time and just like yeah, there's they, kind of interesting mixture in Sacramento of, of suburban and urban-ness, um, especially at the schools that I was at. So, like, yeah, like a bunch of white kids who liked rap, but there's a bunch of kids uh, of other races who were, you know, also... So there's a, there's a mixture of people. And by the time we were in high school, it was like everybody had a mixtape. There was freestyle battles in the quad. People were making pen beats. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if you remember these pen oh, beats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, where the, where the, everything on the lockers and everything... And so it was like like hip hop culture was alive and well at at this high school, um, to the point where actually like we're jumping around here. But now uh, I've got an audio producer who produces pretty much all all my stuff, and he is like a thriving actual rapper and and producer <laughs> yes. in the industry, uh, who I used to buy his CDs in high school. So um, so high school is a big part of it. Um, it's funny, I actually made my first, like, nerdy science rap in high school. Like, everyone else was like, I'm, this is about my life. And I was always about, like, 
I love biology. <laughs> um, and then college was actually pretty big for the love of, of hip hop as well. Um, at Stanford, they, they supposedly put a lot of thought into like how they pair roommates up. And like me and my three roommates on the very first night of freshman year, like we were all sitting at our desks in our, the common room of our little thing, of our dorm room. And we just had like this music share out, like everyone would, would get a song and we would just rotate. And we had very like similar uh, hip hop taste. There was a lot of like Talib Kweli, Most Def, all oh, yeah. that stuff. And uh, and they those roommates actually uh, really expanded my uh, my taste as well. That's awesome. So nice. is that the era of uh, regulating jeans? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah. So so after I graduated, I had studied human biology, which is a really cool mixture of natural science, social science. How are we going to solve the problems of the world? You need a little bit of both. Um, and uh, for that major, they don't have grad students. So they hire full-time teaching staff from the recent graduates. Mm -hmm. So like my first job at, at, after graduating was teaching the sophomores human biology. And I just like spent all my time thinking about that, doing it. It was a super fun job. And, uh, and I, I had worked at the summer camp where we, we were making... Um, it's called Sierra Camp. It's like a Stanford alumni camp. And somebody's like, hey, Tom, I know you like to rap. Let's make a, let's do a talent show about like washing dishes. <laughs> so we, uh, when you're using like the Hobart machine and you call it throwing and catching. So mm. we turned tell me when to go into tell me when to throw. Tell me when to throw, <laughs> little E-40. Um, and I just loved live performance. I loved writing those songs. We had so much fun doing it. So me and that kid who, or that other student, he was a senior at the time. He was studying law or like, you know, some poli sci, who knows? He had no idea about gene regulation, <laughs> but he was so down to make these videos that he uh, joined me in, in when I started making songs for these sophomores. And so I was able to get him involved. I was able to get like a video producer friend involved. And, and very early on, collaboration was, was key for me because I had, you know, a lot of other stuff going on. Mm -hmm. It was just more fun to work with other people. And that was honestly like, there's no way I had time to edit all that anyway. Yeah. Well, and, and what's amazing is you have like green screen stuff going on. You have graphics. <laughs> there's all kinds of different stuff. Production, like it's not just the song. There's everything in the videos. Totally, totally. And I mean, an interesting story about regulating genes. So that was, you know, I this was YouTube 2008. And so those are pretty early days. And, um, you know, I, I was just posting on YouTube because there was no other way to share video files with my, you know, 300 students very easily. Um, and Regulated Genes was probably song number five or six in my, in my library. We don't want to talk about the early ones. Those, <laughs> those were real rough. But Regulated Genes was like, it was about a very hot topic in biology, which is called, shortened as Evo Devo evolutionary development mm. and it's basically like how can we understand the difference in body plans between a human and a mouse and a fruit fly and like they had people have made all these discoveries that it's actually the same exact genes families exist in all three you know across invertebrates vertebrates and whatever and it's just a matter of like flipping a few genes on here and flipping a few off for like where your arm grows or where your eyeballs grow and stuff like that and so so that topic was, was really hot in, in like scientific communities. Um, I'm not sure if the song Money 
Money Ain't a Thing by Jay-Z and Jermaine Dupri was still hot in 2008, <laughs> but I, I would consider that a classic, meaning yeah. it will remain, you know, timelessly uh, amazing. And um, and so, yeah, I think I think I, like, emailed the, the, the YouTube link to some New York Times blogger who had posted about another science song, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, I'll post about that. And that was insane because that was that was the first exposure I'd ever had to like basically going viral, and like it is a really really weird roller coaster of emotions. Like you are out there in such a kind of scary way. All these random random you know hundreds of thousands of people are seeing this thing, commenting, emailing, etc. Kind of snowballing out of control, and um, so yeah, that was kind of the birth of the next level. Mm-hmm. Can you can you tell the story about when you were on that show? And- <laughs> yes, I can. But although it's also the the extended version of the story is available on my YouTube channel called "A Time I Met Lil John." <laughs> so uh, basically, this is like I think I, I I had started working with kids a little bit more at this point. I was really interested in like getting me out of the way, letting students uh, be the stars. Um, and ABC News, no, not ABC News, that was a different story. Uh, the, the Oprah had just quit. And so there's this vacuum on daytime TV. Who's going to be the new Oprah? And this woman from The View named Meredith Vieira uh, was trying to step into that lane. And so she had this brand new show, uh, must have been on NBC because it was, it was shot in 30 Rockefeller Plaza. I had been a huge 30 Rock fan, so just like getting invited to go to 30 Rock to be on the show was crazy to me. Right. Um, and so like I go all the way out to New York. Uh, they're like, Tom, we can't use any of your old songs because of like copyright issues. So we need you to write an original song. And so I'm like, I got, I got a plan for the teaching school year. I'm busy, but like this is a cool opportunity. I'll make this song. I made it about like climate versus weather because that's like a how, huge, yeah. How, yeah. How much time did you have to write this song? Like a, It was a very short okay. time. It was like a day. Okay. And the, the, the problem was I didn't have, just have to write and record it, which would have been a lot easier. I had to memorize it so I could perform oh, it. Oh, right. Like okay. mid-interview with her. So I'm like, I roll up to the the green room which is across from megan fox because it's being shot on the same uh floor as jimmy kimmel uh sorry jimmy fallon and so uh so like there's all these celebrities like real celebrities i see quest love in the hallway i'm like trying to play it cool i roll up to my green room which is not actually green room it's like a closet that they you know put my name on it Mm -hmm. and uh and so i'm just in there and i'm like eating these weird sandwiches and trying to memorize the song that i had written the night before about energy and climate and i'm going over and over it and um and as i'm like practicing the producer comes in it's like so tom we're so excited about what you're doing like you know just as a heads up like uh you know someone might be interrupting you like don't worry about it just like keep going roll the punches and i'm like Thanks a lot, lady. Like, I'm writing this song. I'm trying to memorize it. I'm feeling stressed. And then I get out there, and we, we do the bit. And Meredith Vieira, the whole stage is set, like, up, like, her house. And so okay. there's, like, couches, and there's, like, a little dog, an actual living dog <laughs> running around yapping while we're doing the interview. Um, there's a live band that's, like, fake playing the instrumental because this, they were shooting four episodes a day, so there's no time to actually actually do this correct musically we didn't even get to rehearse mm-hmm. and so so basically like she asked me a couple questions and then they like play the beat and then i start rapping about climate and weather and just like the goofiest little thing that i've thrown together 
and then halfway through the song, the music stops, and at the top of the audience in front of me, I hear, this wouldn't be a party without Lil John. <laughs> and Lil John himself comes walking down the stairs, had been coached in my lyrics oh my enough God. to like attempt to finish my rhymes for me as I like started back up. And so he's like in the background trying to do it, but like it, it was just total chaos. And then somehow I, I, I land the song, we finish, he and I do a little bit. Um, he was super supportive, super excited. He's like, this is a great way to, to reach kids. And, uh, <laughs> and I survived. <laughs> and that was the time I met Lil John. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so you mentioned that your, well, your fossil rock was you rapping. And then you, when you got your teaching job, you started to want to incorporate the kids into that. So can you, you describe kind of how you've done that? Totally. So yeah, the, I mean, so this is back when I was in New Zealand for those two years. I remember having this this conversation with a teacher. I was like, I'm I'm making the fossil rock anthem. It's gonna help kids, whatever. And he's he kind of sat me down. He's like, Look, man, education happens when kids are doing stuff, not when they're watching a video. And like, for the most part, that's really really true. There's like a unique subset of people who can just learn by watching, but that's very very few kids are actually absorbing. They have to go do stuff. So that really kind of shook me up and I'm like, man, I need to get kids to be the ones creating these things. Um, but like, how do I do that and have them be really good and high production value so that other kids will actually watch them? Cause like kids have been making videos and raps in school forever. Mm-hmm. And usually they're so crappy, no one else wants to watch yeah. them. Um, and so my, my vision was like, okay, well, what if I coach a group of kids through like the intense high production value version so that they get all the all the benefits, but the final product is good enough that other people actually want to watch it. So that was one little thesis. Another another thesis was like, uh, or hypothesis, I should say, um, was like narrative really matters. Uh, and I thought that history was a really cool way to bring narrative into science. Mm-hmm. And so I, was, I picked these these kind of uh, historical battles within science. Epic rap battles was a big influence for sure. Um, and that, that provides this automatic, you've got characters, you've got tension, uh, and you've got a reason to pay attention to the science as well. Um, and so I found these five schools in the Bay Area, um, and they're all public schools, some were charter schools. And I just like hit up teachers and was like, hey, you, can I make a music video with your kids? And these crazy teachers were like, yeah, sure, come on in. <laughs> um, and so like two of my favorites, one was a, a rap battle between Rosalind Franklin and Watson and Crick. Most people have heard of Watson and Crick and the, the structure of DNA and like, oh yeah, DNA, they figured that out. A lot fewer people have heard of Rosalind Franklin who was like doing the exact, tackling the same problem at the same time very different methods. She was using x-ray crystallography to get empirical data rather than just like imaginary models. And they got access to her data without her knowing it from her shady advisor. They used that to like fix their models, allowing them to, to figure out the structure first. Um, they all got their names on the paper, but she died from radiation uh, poisoning or whatever, Oof. I think. Um, before the Nobels were awarded. So she never got the Nobel, they get the Nobel, they get all the, the fame and glory afterwards. So, so the, luckily the kids from Oakland, they thought that was a, you know, people need to tell her story. Um, and it was just awesome. So, so yeah, so that, that was a really exciting 
experience because like those kids got to perform that live at, at a number of huge venues. They got a couple awards, and the video's been watched, you know, a few hundred thousand times by other schools. So I would say it was a pretty successful version of what I had been would hoping for. Um, but while I was doing that, I got access to this school called the Nueva School, which is a crazy private school, no grades, no bells. They call me Tom. And they're like, yo, come check out this school. And I'm like, eh, I'm more interested in public schools. But, but they talked about their, their pedagogy and their philosophy. So I rolled up to this school and uh, was kind of blown away. And I was like, you know, if I want to keep making stuff that's useful for middle school science classes, it would be great if I had some actual experience teaching middle school science. So that was five years ago, and I'm still learning an insane amount every single uh, year about teaching. Um, and it's a lot more stable, having this kind of little laboratory of kids who I can work with. And those are the kids uh, who, who have helped me make this Science Rap Academy. And this is kind of the, <laughs> it's now pretty much a content factory for my YouTube channel, where mm -hmm. it's a full class outside of science, um, it's an elective, so we meet two times a week, and they just take a whole semester, and they do every single part of the process. They research, they write the lyrics, they record it, they storyboard the video, they shoot and edit the video, and they, it's, it's kind of, the dream has always been, can kids do every single part of this process and still have it be production values? And I'd say, I'm almost there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was actually one of my favorite videos, and I think from like a rap content and lyrics standpoint the first half of the video you know like it's a pretty complex rhyming structure can you kind of talk through you know like where in the process do they determine you know kind of what song they're going to parody and and how much does that kind of um help them lead their their process and how much content they're going to get into the song totally so you're talking about the watson and craig song yeah yep so yeah so that uh yeah, it's always pretty fluid. Like, I'd say every single project is a little different in terms of, like, when do you have that magical moment where the song that you're considering overlaps with the content that you want to talk about? There's a lot of brainstorming that goes into that. And I think in that particular case, I, you know, we knew we, were, we wanted to do Watson and Crick and Rosalind Franklin. I, you know, we had brainstormed all these songs. And I think I, outside of class, had had this like moment of like, oh my god, this song "Click" by Kanye West would be so sick for mm -hmm. the for Watson and Crick, right. Crick, Crick. Um, and then the kids were like, yeah, that's cool, but the point of this project is Rosalind Franklin, and so we need to like pick a really cool, catchy song that like that that's what they're gonna end with. Like, yeah, it can start with with "Click" and mm. "Crick," but it needs to end with. And they, for whatever reason, Gwen Stefani, uh, whatever that song is, B-A-N-A-N-A-S, oh, yeah. uh, was what they wanted to go with. So, so yeah, so, like, honestly, it's, it, in a lot of these projects, it kind of feels like it's a group project where I'm just a member of the group with these kids. And we're kind of on an equal playing field to try to put something together. So for your classes now, is it one video for the whole class or do they divide up into teams? That's how we started, but now it's teams. So like, I think we had eight different teams this oh, past wow. uh, semester. So we made eight different videos, uh, which is pretty wild. Trying As a teacher, you always have this issue. It's like, how do you keep track of what everybody's doing at once? Um, but that's, that's honestly what is required. That's what I've learned about being a teacher. 
that the only way you can make uh, a learning experience or like the best way to make a learning experience where every single kid is like in their zone of proximal development where they're like challenged but they're succeeding where they have a topic that they care about a subject they care about and they're learning is, is via projects um, and they need to be running the project you know what I mean you can't have a group of like five or six it's just too too big because like you get free riders, you get kids who are just like can't figure out an access point. So I try to keep the groups to like basically two or three, uh, and a couple of times you know kids will want to work by themselves too. Um, so in that I think we had eighteen kids uh, split into eight groups. Do you think oh, that wow. to a bigger extent is why you've you know lasted so long in the game? Is that you know like you said like it, it kind of hits your curiosity you've had a, a good deal of success and you continue to learn through the process as well. Yeah. You mean like, you know, all these other science rappers out there who had one hit in 2010 and <laughs> they all just fell off. Yeah, of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, oh, man, that's a, that's a cool question. I think the reason I'm still in the game is definitely because of that. And the way I would phrase it is like, and this is, I think it's true of a lot of creative people, but like, the last project is never good enough, you know, like, mm. and so I'm every single next project is like more ambitious, more crazy. K- kids have more control. I've got to write more stuff down. I've got to invent new tools. Um, and so it's always fresh. It's like, I'm, I'm always in the zone of proximal development too. And mm. so, so yeah, absolutely. Um, and I never, I never arrive at the destination. I don't really want to, like, that's not what life's about. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm at, I'm at the spot where I'm, if I could get like the Science Rap Academy curriculum so tight that another teacher could like, who didn't have experience in all this stuff could execute it, that would be a huge milestone for mm-hmm. me. Um, I was what do you think act- the hardest, oh, yeah. for that one, what do you think the hardest part, like what element of the curriculum would be hard for someone else to pick up, do you think? Video editing the- takes forever. It takes too long. Yeah. Um, so I think one of my, like, I, I do professional development for teachers, and one of my things I try to convince them of, and this is, I, I said this in my Stanford era too, I was not about to be shooting and editing that video. I did not have time as a teacher to do it. And so you got to just find a, find a random person in your community. Go hit up the, the community college video department. Like, like if you want to do a cool project like this with, with students, a great place to start is to, to, to do what you actually know how to do and then outsource some of the other harder technical stuff to other people. Um, and then you get a better product because these filmmakers know what they're doing uh, and the kids don't have to spend hours and hours banging their head against the wall learning this software. I mean, it's a, it's a different story if, if you have a media department at your school, right? And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, the media teacher can work with their kids and they can make the video for you. Um, so anyways, I, I would say that video is the trickiest part I think audio, like recording and stuff, is is actually probably the easiest. And then I'd say up there with video editing is actually lyric writing. I've totally underestimated this entire time how hard it is to do what I do. Uh, It's just a weird skill to, like, be able to, like you said, densely pack information into, like, these constrained syllables and rhymes. Um, And... And make it make sense to other people, uh, be entertaining. Like, there's a lot of factors you're balancing. When you think about like rap lyrics in general, I mean, there's so much 
external context that's that the user is applying to that you know because the lyrics are really broken down to a very basic level and so there's you know some community aspects some pop culture aspects and just assumptions that the artist is hoping that you kind of apply to that and I feel like that probably is a big challenge to say like well no one's going to get you know like some crick reference from 85 years ago like you actually need to give a full lyric so I mean that does have to be a huge challenge I mean from from the audience perspective a huge challenge is that people don't listen to lyrics most people who are listening to rap songs aren't studying intricately every syllable. Oh, what does he mean? Like, like I do that when I ask them. A lot of people do, but that's not the norm. You know, you're in the club, you're dancing. Like, people don't care about lyrics anyway. And so that's a problem with the medium in general. Yeah. Um, and so ideally, you know, these kids are making a song that is, like, something you want to dance to. Oh, you hear it in the club, and now you think <laughs> about Watson and Crick instead. But I think that comes back to the idea that, like, people aren't actually... <laughs> even though I've spent a whole career making these music videos, I don't think music videos are a great way to learn, you know, watching them. I think, uh, I think they're like an interesting way to make someone smile for two minutes at the beginning of your DNA unit. And like, they might hook 10% of the kids in to be like, Whoa, that was crazy. Like, I'm going to go look more of Rosalind Franklin. That's, that's great. Um, but I think te- the, I'm a firm believer that the learning happens in those activities that the teacher's doing, um, and these videos really just serve to reinforce that or, or take it in a slightly different direction. I mean, the, the coolest part to me is when teachers have basically started, you know, Fossil Rock Anthem. I show, I've heard teachers say they show their kids the first, uh, they, that song on the first uh, day of the unit. Kids like, whoa, that was crazy. And then the whole unit she's referring back to every single lyric mm. and by the end they can explain every single lyric that's the ideal use of them um but i think it's it's cool when people do that and it's cool when people just like throw them on for a second and never look at them again yeah so you've got this other project you're working on this science freestyle can you talk a little bit about that one Oh yeah, science freestyle. So this is this is kind of like the natural extension of this theme of like how do you get kids to be the the geniuses in the equation, right? How do you how do you let their genius shine? Um and without taking three months out of a science class to like learn video editing, which is just not gonna happen. Um and so like I've I've worked at enough schools where kids can freestyle. And like it is like the most impressive skill of all time to to every to anybody like it's just obvious like it's something that can't be denied, but there's so little space for kids with that talent to like show that off in an academic contest or in school. A lot of times these kids that are the best at rapping are like not really being celebrated in the science classroom or like you know this this kid I, I I've got a, a freestyle I can play you know a little clip for you at some point. Uh, during the Rosalind Franklin thing, and we were just freestyling. This kid had this amazing series of lines about Watson and Crick and Rosalind Franklin, and that same kid like wasn't allowed to be in the music video at the end of the day because disciplinary issues. Mm. And so like that, that's a problem for me. When when the thing these kids have so much talent, so much creativity, and they it's not being celebrated at school. So here's the question: What if you could freestyle about academic content uh, and have that be part an activity? Um, and so, yeah, I've been working with some developers to make this, this science freestyle app that, that will kind of basically serve kids words over a beat and then they go. 
And that's, that's kind of the simplest explanation for it. And, you know, it turns out it's actually really, really useful and cool for kids who can rap really well. Mm -hmm. And, like, impossible for anybody who <laughs> isn't already good at it. And so I think the next step is trying to figure out, like, how do you scaffold that experience a little bit? Because a lot of people want to freestyle yeah. and are bad at it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so it's a pretty, it's been a really fun for me because I'm, I'm one of those people who, like, was pretty bad and I'm getting better. And, like, just by building this tool uh, and practicing, I can already feel myself getting better. So, so that even if it has no academic value at all, if I end up making like out a freestyle tool, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, so how, can you explain how the tool works for how you practice? Yeah, so really all, all the functionality it has at the moment is like, it'll show you, it'll play the beat for you, it'll show you the, a, a series of vocab words one at a time, let's say like forest fire. Uh, and then uh, above it, it's got some rhyming helpers and then below it, it's got a definition. And so I've experimented a lot of different, uh, you know, you can toggle those on and off if you don't want one or the other. But what I've noticed is that with, only, with just three rhyming helpers, it actually makes a huge difference because you don't have to generate the rhyme on your own anymore. You, you're given it and uh, yeah, all you have to do is connect the dots between like this vocab word and this other word. So, I mean, I, I could try to take it for a test drive right now if you want. Oh, let's oh, yeah. Let's definitely. do it for sure. Let's do it for sure. <laughs> okay, so I, let's see. I might have to take my headphones out so you can hear the beat. Sure. Okay. Is that the is that the right way to do this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna take my headphones out. And we'll... Okay. Is that doing anything for you? Oh, I can hear it, oh, can hear it now. Okay. Uh. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So you can hear the beat. Now it's serving me words. I'm about to start rapping. Yo. Uh. I see a skull. I think that it might be made of minerals. Uh. It did it come from a bull or is it from a sheep making all that wool? Uh. I'm in space and I'm doing lots of race. I'm lifting weights so I can protect my bones. Uh. And I get it from my genes. Uh. It helps me make my spleen and it makes proteins and I do it every day and every night. Yo, I'm moving at the speed of light. I'm so bright. I'm like a fish. I got my own niche. That's what I'm eating like a dish. Uh, I, <laughs> so you get the point. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I love I'm it. I'm out of this thing. I love it. All right, oh, can you hear cool. me still? Yeah, I, I just pulled it up. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, sciencefree.style. I feel like that might be a good uh, drinking game for adults too. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that would be ideal for me. Like, I in this like entrepreneurship thing, everyone's like, you just gotta know your audience. You gotta know your user, and that's the part I hate the most. I'm like, well, I just want to make something that's fun for humans. Like, I like, yeah. I, I, it should it would be better if it was like perfectly made for like a middle school science student, but like. I, I still am attached to the idea that if I, if I'm, if, if it, I, it, I can make something that's fun for me, fun for adults, fun for kids, fun for whoever. So Fossil Rock Anthem is proof of that for me. For sure. Well, Tom, we thank you so much for being here. I feel like we, we learned a lot. I, I will always love to talk about rap. Um, but, you know, any last words, any last things you want to plug before we sign off? Um, everyone should listen to Damn by Kendrick Lamar backwards 
reverse track list order. Next time I'm on the podcast, that's all I want to talk about. I've been obsessed <laughs> lately. Um, no, I mean, let's see. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I would if, if if someone out there is listening to this, like has kids or their teacher or whatever, you can find all my stuff at sciencetotom.com. There's a little tab under classroom where you can see all of these songs by topic. There's like probably about a hundred at this point. Um, and just keep your eyes peeled because I'm I'm super excited about this freestyle thing and some other things on the horizon. So, uh, yeah, uh, would love to contact anybody who uh, is interested in this stuff. That's awesome. So everybody, check it out. Let's get uh, let's get Party Rock to uh, a million views. Uh, yeah, Fossil Rock anthem. Like, Fossil comment, Rock. subscribe. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks again, Tom. Uh, so we'll sign off for now. I'm Frank Boyce, and this is Axel Clark. So we're gonna put a link to Tom's science with tom youtube channel in the show notes so you can check out fossil rock anthem rosalind franklin versus watson and crick and all these other great videos have a great week everyone welcome to science class i'm tom mcfadden you're about to see the story of rosalind franklin versus watson and crick as told by some incredibly talented seventh graders from oakland california if you have any questions about the science the content the history write them in the comments below and if you stick around till the credits i'll be back to give you some more information about how you can get involved enjoy Tom, will you tell us a science story? Here we go. Okay, I'm James Watson and I'm Francis Crick. Crick, 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 Crick. And ain't nobody fresher than Watson and Crick. Crick, 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 Crick. Nobody's making models like Watson and Crick. Crick, 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 Crick. Cephalinus, but we beat them to that double heat. That double heat, that double heat. DNA. Don't tell nobody, but we're gonna solve DNA Hereditary molecules under our name We're making models, man, doing things our way But these phosphates, we had them in the wrong place Then, Maurice gave us that new data Newer model had to change Shargoff and his roots say CGTA, double helix, true, man, you know two change Sorry, Rosie, losing Science is so thrilling, man, that feel it When you go and start revealing Live secrets if you willing But don't say that we were still when Rosie did it Cause she never have seen Now we're rich, famous, we know what prizes Man, it's good to be Watson and Crick Crick, uh-oh, Crick She comes, run! Too many x-rays that I did frack So it's not just gonna happen like that Let's recognize Russell and Franklin All eyes on Russell and Franklin You show my data behind my back So it's not just gonna happen like that Let's recognize Russell and Franklin All eyes on Russell and Franklin Ooh, that's my pick You were showing my pick and you didn't think that I would find out Then you wrote this nice little book and everyone fired up Well I'm back from the dead and I read what you said And I'm here to set the record straight now Now when you learn about the W you better also learn about me Dang, where was she supposed to be? Whatever, I'll do it anyway yeah, I'm talking Hypatia, yeah, I'm talking Gary, I'm talking Shirley Ann, ladies, I'm talking me. Wanted to be a scientist since age 15, became a world-class one, yeah, follow my dreams. Maurice and I kings, but going 
for the internet She needs to change her hair Was all that you could say While you were chasing models I used my x-ray But what you know about getting your data the hard way And I showed it was a helix With phosphate on the outside Calculated helical dimensions And without my data to play with You would've taken ages I was almost there You could read it in my pages It had not escaped Notice that you were a jerk Should've got a Nobel for my work Then the dies will never know Not to like recognize it Not a female scientist I'm a scientist Man, look at my work and say Dang, that's a nice pick Let me hear you recognize Rosalind Franklin, F-R-A-N-K-L-I Recognize Rosalind Franklin, F-R-A-N-K-L-I Recognize Rosalind Franklin, F-R-A-N-K-L-I Recognize Rosalind Franklin, F-R-A-N-K-L-I Thank you for watching. I don't need to tell you this, but if you subscribe, you'll be able to see the future installments of these science history rap videos. And more importantly, if you click on the link in the description below, you'll be able to go to my blog where I have instructions about ways to kind of get involved at the next level. You can get the source material that we use to create this video. You can annotate the lyrics on Rap Genius. Or eventually, I'll be posting information about how to remix this material. If you do something cool, let me know about it on the blog. Thanks again. See you next time.